At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella McCure, the world messenger, and I have another epic episode for you here on the Legacy Leader Show. I have someone that is extremely um, talented, capable, able, and accomplished, and also dear to my heart, very good friend of mine, uh, that is joining us here, fellow Coloradan in the studio, Dario Montenango Jr. He's the one that, guys, you really wanted to listen and takes going to take us an amazing journey here. He is not only a global connector, uh, he is um, totally into things that you will not believe and see fitting together from innovation, technology, networking, uh, former military uh, veteran that is changing the landscape, how we see things. I can't wait for Dario to share more. So without further ado, welcome Dario. Dario, good morning. How are you? Hey, Isabella. I'm great. Good morning. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm so glad you, with your busy schedule, found the time to join us in the Legacy Leader Show, where we're discussing leadership, of course, uh, our own personal uh, legacy, and the bigger picture, why we are here, right? What's our purpose? What's our drive? But before we get into that, uh, Dario, do you mind sharing a little bit about your background? How did you, first of all, where did you grow up? And then how did you, first of all, even get into military? Yeah, so that's easy. So um, my dad and my sister were both in the military, uh, combat veterans. Uh, My dad served uh, actually a small stint in the Air Force before he went into the Army, and he retired as a major uh, in in the Army major um, after 23 years of service. And my sister did the same. She was in the first Gulf War. Um, She served uh, as an Army uh, medical specialist. And um, yeah, so uh, he, we, as a family, we moved every three years while he was in, you know, doing, doing his military career. And so I moved seven times and had two high schools before I graduated high school. Wow. A lot of movement, a lot of adaptation for a young child and a lot of assimilation, right? Yeah, no, and, and it was, you know, uh, Fort Benning, Georgia. We were in Fort uh, Sam Houston. We went to Longstuhl, Germany and spent three years in, in Germany overseas. And that was a tremendous experience. I was, I think I was in like the first, second and third grade. Um, so it had a lot of uh, a, a early influence on me. I'd love to go back now that I can appreciate it. Mm. Um, but Forts, Fort, then we, we were in Longstuhl, Germany. Uh, came back to Fort Sam Houston, San Antonio, Texas, then went to Fort Sill, Oklahoma. And then from Oklahoma, we went to uh, the Presidio of San Francisco. And we spent three years there. I went to high school, uh, eighth, ninth, and 10th grade in San Francisco City proper. And then we moved uh, to Las Cruces, New Mexico, uh, in, I'll date myself, 1985. 
And I was in Las Cruces, New Mexico from 85 to 95. But to answer your second question, as soon as I graduated high school uh, in 87, I was on the delayed entry program for the United States Marine Corps. And I served an eight year active, well, yeah, active reserve. It was a reserve uh, contract uh, in the military. And that was right out of high school. So I got out of the military in 1996 and I started my IT career in 1998. And I've been doing wow. IT and networking and, and security, cybersecurity now, uh, primarily since 2013, but IT career started about 26 years ago. So, wow, um, what an amazing trajectory and how that shaped you who you are here today, which we're going to get into second. But I bet from those changes in school that not only helps you for quick adaptation to read the room to adjust to adopt, which you also, but also to phenomenally to network, right? And then to connect with people. And you are one of the master connectors that I truly know. So, do you mind sharing uh, how do you approach networking as a result as a young child? The to uh, you know build those muscles to change the friends the environment that sense of stability what helps you first of all to do that and to be able to adopt so well and still you know complete your education with flying colors but also uh how will you see that connecting uh dots in terms of how you network well i i feel like i you know just through that story and listening it's like we were put in a situation where we had to meet new people all the time. And right. So I feel like I've been connecting to people all along and we, we, I actually have a friend. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to say her name, but um, where we met in Germany. And so we met in like the first grade and she lives in Las Cruces, her dad and my dad were kind of, you know, following the same sort of trajectory and she's my friend today. We went to college at New Mexico State together and we've stayed in touch. You know, her mom knows my mom. And um, it's, it's just kind of cool how that, how that works. But I think a lot of the traveling had set me up to just be that global connector where I love all the cultures, the different foods and just the traditions of, you know, multicultural, right? Like, I mean, we live in a, in a global uh economy, community, whatever, and even at my day job, right? I'm, I'm a, I'm a third-party vendor risk manager for the enterprise, and there I connect with global companies because my company touches 16 countries across the, the world, and it, in that sense, it, I'm still connecting, but then for the network piece, right, like, that's a lifestyle, and, and in 2013, I was out of a job for I don't know, I was unemployed and underemployed for, I don't know, it was about 16 months. And during that time, they said, hey, Dario, you need to go network and meet three new people a day and build your network because you never know who's going to have a potential job or who you're going to meet and you connect and you start building this relationship. And I said, okay, fine. So in 2013, I had like 125 connections on LinkedIn. And now we're like eight years later and I'm over 5,500. I mean, it's not as many as you have, Isabel, by any means. But in that sense, they, I mean, I've grown that LinkedIn connection networking in the sense networking, not networking in the computer sense. That was what I was referring sure. to earlier, by the way. But sure. the, the networking part of it is, 
I mean, if you're in the, in the job market and you're not networking at local events or finding out where these individual manage, hiring managers are, you're, you're missing how the landscape has changed. And it's a lot different now that the pandemic's happened and you could do that stuff online and you know, connect via you know, some of the, the webinars now. You could attend it all over, right? It, now, it, I mean, it's, it's gotten, it, it shifted from the in-person stuff to the online stuff, but the online stuff now gives you a bigger audience global audience right like and so it's it's kind of neat to see that but i think to get back to the answer networking is a huge part of my everyday it, it's a lot it's it's just part of how you uh, interact in, in in life and you know if you if you're not networking and you need a job then you, you know let me know and i can help you do that i'll be your wing person to go with you to these events because I, I love meeting people and talking to them it, it's just funny how if you go to these events and you show up and you're intentional about what you're doing right if you're if you're selling something fine but you know you're you're there for a reason and you want to meet new people people are receptive to that and it's just you know it's just sharing you know whatever it is you're you're sharing I happen to be sharing you know, cybersecurity and, uh, you know, just, you know, it's like, hey, we were looking for, you know, a mutual collaboration in, in some cases, right, to, to move the ball forward or pay it forward or, or show a good deed, whatever that is, right? Like, that is awesome, Dario, and I thank you for explaining that. And reason I'm asking those questions because a lot of people, specifically as adults, still suffer or don't know how, right? And I and I love that you said how important it is just to show up. And honestly, your remark, it's not about quality. I mean, it's not about quantity, how many connections and relationships you have. It's about quality, who truly knows you and who will vouch for you who will open the door for you, who will make introductions, who will feel like your makeup, your character, right, uh, fits and, and, and they know that you're not going to uh, create a problem with other organizations or individuals, right, in, in their inner circle. It's all about quality of individual and quality of those relationships. And I see people are really trying a lot of different things. And unfortunately, why things are not working when we're trying to be everything for everyone or when we're just trying to be self-serving, right? And one of those things you mentioned, it's good to show up, to be clear what you're looking for, but also to serve. And, and, and one thing you just offer here, it's obviously service. And that's your um, core of one of the core values. And reason I want to for a while, everybody that's watching and listening to also hear this, you are helping tremendous population right now that is extremely vulnerable, former vets. So do you mind share just a tad about that? How are you doing? Because uh, now you're leveraging lessons learned, pain points you experience, how you turn things around, and now how you're helping them. Please share. Yeah, well, so the veteran community has been a part of just my family, right? Like my, my, my dad, my sister, my mom, she was awarded an accommodation of 32 years of um, civil service from President Obama. So my family is that service leader, if you will. And um, there's more examples of that throughout my family, but um, I think uh, you were saying, um, 
but what we're what we're talking about how you're serving now military guys you're doing some amazing work and i just wanted to others to see when they are thinking how can i support or serve others or how can i you know do i don't know this or i don't know that but everybody knows something right or anywhere mm -hmm. we can do something and you're doing some tremendous things and you're doing specifically right now helping serving veterans yeah Sure. And it and it's that it's that give first, right? That that pay it forward mentality. It's not expecting something, right? You you're doing it because you enjoy it and you love to do that. Mm -hmm. And so what we did, um, we, me and a, a former Marine, uh, Omar, um, about three years ago met another Marine from San Diego, and they had started this brand called the Veterans Beer Club in San Diego. And about three years ago, uh, Omar and I started a veterans beer club here in Denver. And that was about three years ago, COVID wise, you know, I couldn't participate much during that, that year. So I've been doing it for a little over two years. And we've actually now moved up into the, the Northern Colorado area to expand the brand up there. Um, and so what it is, is a, a networking event, uh, low key, no agenda, veterans helping veterans primarily doing through or getting through the transition from the military into the civilian uh, world landscape businesscape whatever where we've been playing for the last 20 something years so we can help them and the the numbers there's there's roughly two i don't depending on on which, which statistics you look at there's about 233,000 servicemen and women that will be exiting the military, transitioning out over the next 10, every year now for the next 10. So that's you know 2.3 million people coming out that are gonna need some assistance of some sort that, not saying that the government and the military are not helping them transition out, but they still need us, people like us on the outside to help them bridge the gap in to help them transition successfully. But what, what we're finding is that the, the ones that do transition out, they quit their first job typically after the first eight months or so because they're not fulfilled like the serving their country. And that's a big issue. But the, the solution is this cybersecurity thing, right? Like there's a big shortage of unfilled cyber roles. And because the military people have the mindset of serving you know, the country, national security, it's a, it seems like an obvious transition to help them into, into MySpace, right? And then, yes. and then what's nice about it is that you don't even necessarily need to be in the military to support the cybersecurity push because we're, we're in need of a lot of people and, and diverse people from a lot. You don't have to be technical, right? It's not all technical jobs. So, that's what I'm helping, trying to do is, is support veterans through the Veterans Beer Club, but primarily it's to help get them into cyber if that's where they want to be or wherever they want to be, right? If it's not cyber, I can introduce them to somebody else that's doing other great stuff in the community, right? But I'm primarily in technology and, and I seem, I don't, there's not a finish line, right? The, the, yes. I mean, we're so busy and there, it's such a big problem right? Cyber, cyber. That is security. affecting everybody, every, 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 company, every, industry. every company around the world. Every company, every, on. yeah. and it's, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm done. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it's a great opportunity, Dario, obviously, as you said, uh, not, not to share what you know and, and, and what they can select and to select what they're interested in. But I love your enthusiasm and ongoing support. And that's beautiful because uh, right now we're going into holiday seasons when we're seeing a lot of people suffering, struggling, still looking for a more job or more clients or more stability or more sustainability. And as we know, all of those things create a lot of vulnerability and they affect family dynamics, they affect quality of life. And COVID just unveiled a lot of, of those issues, right? So for everybody, again, watching and listening here, uh, we have a great opportunity to serve everyone in their greater needs. And the question is, what servitude we extend? And that should be part of our, our strategic overall a goal and objective as a company, as a team member, as an as a individual contributor, because we all can do a little bit more there. And you're doing obviously a fantastic job. So now, Tadari, if you don't mind giving us a little bit insights of cybersecurity uh, issues uh, or, or, or solutions or things, why you obviously, from where you sit, what do you see in terms of landscape? Because we're seeing a president moments, right? When um, we are more and more on internet, the volume, sheer volume of data and content, sheer volume of vulnerability of users uh, that are there that they're not really fully understanding what is happening. Do you mind walk us through a little bit about some of the trends, some of the risks you see and some of the advice you wanna share with audience? Yeah, hang on, I need to plug in my laptop. Okay. Sorry about that. No problem. All right. Hey, we don't want to lose you, so go for it. <laughs> okay, so what was the question? <laughs> okay, so Dario, do you mind sharing a little bit with us um, some of the trends, some of the risk, and some oh. advice you see around the cyberspace security, specifically um, that anybody could relate to and then learn more a little bit about, and also do some smart choices. Yeah, sure. So the um, biggest thing, and you know, we don't have to like, I, the, none of this I, is, it should not be new to you. You see it in the news about ransomware and data breaches, and it it's proliferated, right? It's every it's almost every day, it, unfortunately, right? Which means that we're not doing, you know, a, a great job. But it it's it's difficult for. I, I want to say the good guys, right? We we use terms like white hat good, black hat bad, but you know, in, in this day and age that that might not work out so great, right? Like, but it's 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 really the ethical hacking, meaning, meaning we're trying to find, we're using the same tools that the hackers are using, but we're using it in a in a in a beneficial way because we're trying to find the, the vulnerability before the bad guy can exploit. But, but what we're seeing is outside of ransomware, right, is the, is the theft of data, your personal identity, all of the confidential and highly confidential information, your bank accounts, all that stuff, right? That's, that's all on the table, but that's not new, right? It's, it's the tactics that, the, the, that they're using that seem to continue to evolve, and therefore they're getting smarter and more uh, effective, if you will. 
And mm -hmm. so we're seeing a lot of business email compromise, a lot of, um, I, I mentioned the ransomware stuff, um, but a lot of it is, is just the malware, the nasty stuff, right? The virus, the Trojans, the, the worms, the, um, all of that stuff. And it, it's, it seems like, I mean, the, the numbers, the sheer, you know, numbers that it, it's costing the United States and, and American businesses is in the trillions of dollars. So it's, wow. it's big business, right? Like it, and it's not going away and it continues to grow. It's, you know, it's on every CISO, CIO, CEO's mind is how are they going to protect the information and the stakeholders want to know that, right? And the privacy and confidentiality and all of that, right? Absolutely. And we're seeing that, you know, privacy is, is, is a big deal. And the legal aspect of the criminal side of cyber is a fairly new industry. And so we're seeing the privacy, the legal and the cyber really kind of play together. They're very uh, dependent on one another. And, it, and it's, it's, it's getting complex because, as you know, like with the, the GDPR in the European side of the stuff with privacy and then the CCPA and the California, because kind of like where California goes, kind of the United States goes in some cases, right? Like, and so that's been sort of the big ones, but the, every state has a different, and, it, and it's, it's, it's complex, but there's a lot of resources and sites out there, and I'll get those for you dressed up like the IAPP for the International Association of Privacy Professionals. And there's a lot of associations out there that we're plugged into that do a lot of this monitoring and help you for wherever you're at in your journey. We can, we can certainly help you there. But I think um, a lot of it is just awareness, right? Like basic hygiene 101, like know what's on your network, you know, know who's got, you know, you're not sharing passwords, right? You're changing those on a regular interval. That, none of that changes. That's all basic stuff. And hopefully we're all doing it. But I don't think we are because in some cases you see these advanced attacks that are persistent and they continue and they're relentless and they have a lot of time and a lot of money. And these are like not like people like you and me, they're like the nation states, like the China, the Russia, the bad, the, the really bad guys that, you know, you see in the news that the United States is, um, you know, not, not an ally with, right? Like those adversaries, those, some of those are the big guys playing. That's what we're talking about. It's national security. And so it's a big deal, right? Like, I, and, and what, what else I'm doing, right? It's like trying to get these veterans to plug into this, this thing, but I'm also been teaching. And I don't know if we've, we've talked about that, but the teaching. That was my next question, how you impact and influence also as an educator, since both of us are educators and, and passionate about education and learning, obviously. Now you're also contributing in much more meaningful way for the future generations of leaders and in their own right. So yes, please share. Yeah. So I've been teaching now at the master's level since 2013. That was about the time that I lost the job and the teaching thing was like another sort of stream of income. It was really meant to be my retirement, you know, but I, I just started early and now here I am eight years of experience in, and, it, and it's great. So today I'm working for uh, Metropolitan State University in downtown Denver, um, the master's of science in cybersecurity. And it's a, I believe it's a, it's a really great program. It's a, it's a multidisciplinary 
a degree program that encompasses criminal justice. So you have to have the criminal law side of it. There's mathematics and then the traditional uh, computer information systems uh, colleges that make up the cybersecurity. And that building is actually housed on campus in the aerospace and aviation building, which then now because of the proliferation wow. of, you know, cyberspace, if you will, and Elon Musk and the whole, you know, SpaceX stuff and exploration and, you know, Mars, this and that, right? Like, it's, it's a big deal, right? And we were talking about it last night. So I have a class, I'm in week uh, 12 of 16 um, now, and, and I have guest speakers once, once a, twice a week, actually, um, from now to, through Christmas, and we've had it all since August. Um, and thank you for speaking to my students. Uh, uh, as You're well. welcome. About that. Um, but last night was a ball aerospace. And they came and spoke, and it was a great conversation. But, you know, sometimes we don't think about hackers, bad actors, hackers, taking, you know, aim at the International Space Station, right? That's not off wow. the table. That's not off the table. And you talk about the 9-11 stuff, right? Again, you're, you're getting into the airlines and, and all that. We've seen this, right? Yes, so, yes. It's, it's crazy what's happening, but, but at Metro, right, you come to the program, you get some law, which is great. You get the privacy stuff built in. You get the, 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 the education from the book because the foundations of cyber, the principles of security don't change. It's the technology that changes, but we teach the foundations and the principles. And then we encompass it with the industry certifications as well as hands-on um, working with industry uh, nonprofits to help them with their basic hygiene, like what we were talking about. Know what's on your network, who's coming, who's going. You know, it's the physical, it's your computer. You know, it's it's all of that landscape that that in anything that makes up your digital you know space is what we're talking about, and it's all game, right? And again, we mentioned it. It's every industry, every company needs it, whether they admit it or they don't. Typically, they don't have the resources, the knowledge, or the experience to do it. So they have to come to the professionals to do that. And that's where we come. That is fantastic. And I love how this connects, right? From something earlier, from your early childhood that influenced, that gave you opportunity, and then how you discover, self-discover yourself, how you also continue to um, nurture relationships, help others, and now teach things you know, and you're doing so marvelously, um, and kudos. Uh, but then at the same time, understanding the level of risk, the way you, you assess information, the way you think, and, and then also the way you take action to, to augment that. So for everybody, again, watching and listening, you have a now huge opportunity to explore not only IT industry, but explore also specifically cyberspace security, and when we talk about cyberspace, we're literally going into space with the security and elements that nothing is off the table. I remember Dario recently hearing at least like four or five attorneys that are just focusing on space law and my jaw dropped and how much things change, right? So when you're talking about that even uh, war in space or actually you know issues around cybersecurity in that space are not off the table and there are tremendous risks right 
um, it, it just blow, blows my mind, right? You think about Star Wars and you think about completely things that you imagine as a child and all of a sudden this is now today's reality. Anyway, um, please, can you share a little bit now, since you accomplished so many things and you already make tremendous impact, what is one of those things that um, you are still having on the table? Uh, what is in your bucket list? Going to space? No. <laughs> <laughs> you will pass on that one. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I like to have my feet firmly planted for sure. Yeah. I, you know, I've had like in the military, I've had my share fair of these adventures, right? Jumping out of an airplane, rappelling, doing all that stuff. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I, I feel like I'm still adventurous, but there's a level of risk that I don't want to take, right? Because, um, we are, you know, we are getting older and, you know, if something should happen, God forbid, right? You break an arm, you break a leg. Now it takes a little bit longer to heal and recover. And, you know, I just don't want to take that risk, but I, I, I am active, right? I, I run, I, I'm, I'm really, what I'm working on is my fitness and my wellness because it, it's so important that if, if I'm not feeling my best, then I can't perform my best, right? So I'm taking the time and it's usually around this time, you know, the holidays, we do a lot of uh, reflection, a lot of planning for the next year, at least I do, right? And I just happen to be starting that a little bit earlier. And I've gone through that whole process through, you know, really just the activities that I've provide to my students this semester. So we're already 12 weeks in of 16 and they had to really start looking introspectively at themselves, you know, yeah. resume polishing, the, the LinkedIn polish, you know, some of all this stuff. And so now they're gearing up ready to present at the end, you know, really how, what their polished uh, elevator pitch thing is, is if, if you will. So they're ready, even though this is the first class in their, you know, 18 months, you know, they still have, they're just starting on their journey through this program. And so the sooner that we can get them into like a capstone project, they'll have about a year and a half or about a year that they could actually build that relationship with somebody in the community. And then any, you know, any other people or smaller groups or students that have the same sort of passion, we could pair them together and they could do tremendous things together right, in small teams of three or four, and work on that for like over a year, which can you imagine, Isabel? I mean, right now, like when I went to, to, to grad school, and you went to grad school, I don't know if you had a, a capstone project, but my capstone project was like an eight-week thing, or a 16-week thing, and that was it, but if, can you imagine if you give them six months, or a year, what they can do, or maybe they don't, they procrastinate, and they don't do anything, but you know, <laughs> it, you know what I'm saying? I mean, and, yes. and, and you have to have that accountability and you see it in the real world where you have these small, smaller teams made up of different levels of people with different backgrounds, different whatever, and, and they're doing phenomenal things because of this diversity and we get back to the inclusion and belonging and all the stuff that's relevant today, right? Like as leaders, we have to think about all of this stuff. So, yeah, so your bucket there's a, list. There's definitely a lot going on for sure. Yeah, since like your bucket list is also so tight, again, continuing to help in the serving others in addition. Yeah, I'm, 
to that's get him better point. to get him better health wise and i think and a fitness wise and i think that's great because we wanted that longevity right we want it to be as i said the best versions of ourselves and perform ultimately the best possible way but also serving others and continue but also what you just said i love your passion how much you're giving to your students and and how lucky they are to have you because um, not every teacher or every professor I ran into is as passionate as you are or as, uh, or as I am in, in some ways, because uh, some people see that as a job and some people see that as a phenomenal opportunity to uh, groom and create future leaders. Well, so I look at it, I mean, for me, it's part-time, right? Like I'm just doing it part-time. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I, but, but that's the difference, right? I found my passion. This is, this is what passion looks like, right? I'm, I'm so excited every day to get up and talk about what I do because one, it's, it's important for national security. You know, I keep saying that, but you can't press upon how, what that, what that means, right? Like to me, for somebody that has been in the military that serves to be able to still serve outside of the uniform all day long, right? Beautiful, right? Yep. that is beautiful. Right here. Love it, love it, love it. And guys, the keys you guys are hearing here is the passion, unleashing that passion and using that passion for greater good because we need a greater good. Specifically, as Daria mentioned earlier, how many risks organizations are having and how much attack is on the United States specifically around that and trillions of dollars of ransom and blackmail and all these crazy things that are going on. And as he mentioned, things are not slowing. How do we then get you know, to create balance and then preventatively um, take action is by learning and uh, driving in and, 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 and leverage the passion for the greater good. So in that in mind, obviously, um, do you mind sharing where, where you headed in terms of your own legacy? Right now, I know you fulfilled so much in terms of your own leadership and impact you made. But what, what would you like your legacy to be about and to be known for? I, you know, I, it, I'm still working on it, but I, I feel like, you know, I just want to be a good example for my kids and, and be healthy to see their kids and just, mm. you know, kind of grow that, right? My family has been like that, continue, you know, I want to continue this servant leadership theme throughout because I feel like it's what's missing right? Like from, you know, good leaders, and we've all had that, right? Good and yes. bad leaders. And it's like, we just want to teach the good leadership stuff. And that's what we're doing, right? We pepper that with the business skills that, that they have, and we grow them to, so they can upskill, so they can, you know, actually help, you know, uh, effectively help, you know, the cause of, you know, the national security, whatever. And then just, you know, I don't know, but <laughs> you, you had mentioned though, like it, it's, it's really for my kids and their kids. For, for, the for generations to come, so generational Absolutely. stuff, because you're taking obviously so much ownership and pride and continuously passing on the future legacy of the family. And I think that is tremendously important. Well, fam family education, right? Because once you have that education, you can't. And the, and the people of color have, have had it, like, it, it's not good for them. And, it, and I'm tired of it. It's, 
to, to me, the education reform, I think, has to happen, especially to combat this new thing called cyber. And it's not new, right? Like, we need to start, we, we say shift left, right? But we're shifting further down. So I teach uh, master's level college, but I'm talking about, you know, third grade through high school. It's got to start early. way, or, way yes. early. Yeah. Way early. And, and going back to, to where I lived for 10 years in Las Cruces, Las Cruces is actually the 48th poorest state out of the 50, 51, if you count Puerto Rico, in, in America today. And, and I have a big issue with that. And so what, what I would like to do when I go down there this next week is talk to my friends. My, my friend Ray just got, um, he got elected uh, to the city council. He's doing a lot of great stuff and we're gonna change hopefully change, well, we're changing it for the positive, but hopefully we can make big ripples to affect, you know, more change, not just in Las Cruces, but in all the states that are not as rich in the education arena, where we, we can make a big difference with that, with everybody that we're working with. It's just a matter of, you know, getting to the table and having the, you know, pulling the right levers and, you know, timing and, and, and collaboration and whatever it takes to do that. But come on, right? Like 48th poorest state. I have, I have an issue with that. I just do. It, it's anyway, that is it's, a personal, it's a personal vendetta that I'm trying to, to tackle. And <laughs> See, I, I just want to get my head around it to where, you know, I think partnership wise, because we're their partner to the north, right? Colorado and New Mexico. And yes, then my buddies, yes. my buddies in Texas to, to the to, to the east. And then, you yes. know, you got the, the whole West Coast. I mean, we're in this together. It's everybody. And it has to start. And it just because education, right? It costs a lot. With the pandemic, it changes the dynamic of things. And, and really, the education that I'm talking about are basic stuff that should just be free right? Like you don't need, you just have to have access to it or get mm -hmm. access to it. And I think that's part of the problem. And that's where we're going to start is, is trying to figure out how we can get them the information. And we have the platform, right? So it's easy. Yes. <laughs> it's brilliant. And I love it. And, and I knew that it's a bigger, obviously, cause and drive and journey and more to that passion. And I'm so glad you touched on because it absolutely makes sense. And you witnessed, you traveled, you've been living in different environments as a military child and then being a military yourself and post-military, uh, all of that shows and reflects, again, uh, communal communal uh, impact, right? And I'm with you, no reason to have, like I remember when I was also in South and North Dakota and, and, and poverty level there, and then the New Mexico, where I just like comparing how is the top three, uh, the most poorest states are, uh, consistently staying on those ranking. Why is not uh, more happening in those landscapes? Where the company typically go? Why why infrastructure is not changing? And as you said, um, it's very challenging for a lot of people of color, uh, specifically uh, where you have a lot of Native Americans, a lot of um, Hispanic or, or just Latino cultures, uh, Black, uh, where it's very, uh, not equal, equal footing there, right? And 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 I love how you're leveraging your impacts and influence through your network uh, to speak up. 
because that's a reason why we're repeating all this guys is opportunity for every single one of you if you want to see and create more impact that's why you start doing you look at who you're aligning who you know how can you do it how you can leverage your education your passion your desire and drive because people need you they need we need more darius we definitely need more darius so well, you, you bring <laughs> up a good point with the, you know the hispanic community is 60 million in the united states 50 50 of them are registered 10 million are, are not right that's another issue that's that you know the president faces to try to try to try to reform and, and figure that out but the hispanic community today latinx however you you identify they are now the eighth largest economic powerhouse in the world did you know that Wow, that is amazing, astonishing statistics. I knew close to that, but I just didn't know that the number got to that level. It's, so it's, thank you. Yeah, and, and what I like about my, my work at Lumen is that we, I'm a part of, they have these employee resource groups and there's one specifically for the Hispanics, but they have, you know, there's 12 of them. But this particular one is called Somos and um, it's great. So they get, you know, we get to, they share a lot of great additional resources that you don't typically get from your manager uh, relationship, but it's a community of like-minded people that collectively have the same sort of vision and mission and everybody's moving in the same direction, right? Which is great. And everybody's there to help, you know, give grace and just pay it forward in the sense because we want to help, you know, lift up, right? Not, not, not suppress, right? It's it's totally the opposite of, of everything. And we and and all we're looking for is just to be, you know, that happy, hopeful, you know, love, spread more love, if you will, because we need it, right? Like right now, I mean, we're going through a lot, it, you know, with the pandemic, right? I'm not gonna we we hashed this out, but it's like. There's, there's so much to do and get involved with that's out there that's happening that yeah. you just need to be intentional about what you want to do. If you need our help, we can help, right? You'll have our contact information. There's, I'll put some resource stuff together. Isabella, you can have that, you know, to, to share if you like as, as sort of a takeaway, right? Where I to would go, love that. Where, yeah, will... where to go to get like, like, resources for you know with the holidays coming up you know you, you yes. talk about credit card fraud some of the basic stuff i'll have all of that for you so you can you can share that with the with the audience um wonderful yeah but i, I and i don't mean to get off track but there's just so much happening that it's it's just great right like just be involved be figure it out if if this is something that resonates with you but you don't know where to start that's when you can check me out, contact me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to help. Um, Isabella has my contact information. We're here for that, right? Like if you're looking for work, we can certainly help with that. Totally. That's, that's kind of what we do. <laughs> that is beautiful. And uh, you, you just apprehended me because that was the next question. So for everyone watching and listening, yes, we'll have the links and, uh, and, uh, and when we post all of this uh, for you, but beauty is you get a chance to access not only myself, now you can connect and 
access Dario, but also other people in community. The LinkedIn is always the best way. Reason why we operate so much on LinkedIn Dario and I specifically is because it's one of the most trusted platforms to do the business, to verify identity of individuals, to really also um, be able to network with uh, global leaders around the world and really tap into your passion. And Dario, I just want to ask you before we wrap up for this amazing session on the Legacy Leader Show, how did you discover your passion? Because I can tell you that is greater than for you. I can sure hear some voices saying that because still I can, you can't believe how many people still don't know what their passion is all about. So if you can have them to get a little bit of that head up, uh, leg up, that would be awesome. That's, it's a great question. I, I just came out of this planning session, really, and because it's an exercise that I give my students at the beginning of this particular semester, because I'm trying to give them an overview of really the industry of cybersecurity and whether or not they want to come into this career, because, I mean, one, there's a lot of opportunity, two, but there's a lot of stress that goes along with it, right? And so, you just trying to be transparent and explain, you know, from people like myself, having done different things than, than what I've done, and they have the opportunity to see a lot of different views, different opinions, both male and female, both, you know, C-suite to the, to the student perspective, right? And, and everywhere in between, but, um, where was I going? <laughs> um, it's happened into their passion of, of recognizing, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> so the, the exercise is really this, this idea of taking quiet reflection time for two days probably is about what you need. You, you go away on a small retreat, you yourself, you know, maybe your significant other and, and you go away and you, you, you unplug from technology and you, you know, you do this exercise that I have and, and it really makes you look internally to, to kind of find that question, like, what do you want to do? So you, you take an inventory of everything you've done, your, 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 the things that you really like and the things that you will never do again, because if you don't ever want to do something, but you have to, there's a difference. But if you, if you're honest with yourself, and you say, I do not ever want to work at a gas station or, you know, be a gas, right? Like you can change that, but you know that you, and you, so you learn more about the characteristics that make up you. And so you can determine where, you know, kind of what you want to do versus what you don't want to do. And you're very intentional because like, um, do you remember the story of Alice from Alice in Wonderland? If you don't know where you're going, how do you know? where you're, you know, you don't know if you're going to get there or whatever. How do you know? Right. So before we start this job search journey, we look internally to, to see who I am, what are my strengths? I take inventory of everything I am, looking at it from the eight spheres of the well-being circle, right? Like your relationships, your financial, you know, your health, your um, education. And there's like three or four other ones. Anyway, um, 
you, you look at all of that and you have to be honest with yourself to see where you're deficient because that's where if, if those eight circles that make up your well-being are not fulfilled or not optimized, then you're going to have sort of this bumpy ride. But if you can fix it, then you're ready now to, to go do be yourself, to be your best self. And then now you can, you can help others in that way, but you got to help yourself first and it starts from, from inside. And then do going on this journey to figure that out. I mean, it, it took me 30 years to figure it out, but it, I mean, there's some big events that happened. My dad passed away when I was 22, he was 46. Um, and since then, it's like, I've been doing all this stuff, but now I figured out 30 years later that it's been for him in his honor because I wanted to make him proud. Like, I just didn't know why I was doing it. And because he's in the military and because I tied to, you know, the military and there's a passion there still for me, it's like I'm doing it for him, like in his honor to do whatever I'm doing. And that, that's kind of the passion where it, where it comes from, I think. But the, the, the energy and the drive and all of that is probably him and his spirit and the, the never quit attitude, like raise the bar, right? But that's the Marine too in me, right? Like it, it all stems from, you know, it, to me now it makes sense. 30 years later, I figured it out. I've been doing it all along. I love the technology piece and I'm just trying to align it all together, which I feel like I have. And I'm focused on the three things that I'm focused on, right? It's cyber veterans and students and it's sort of cyclical now. And it, it just, it, to me, it's awesome, right? Like I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm hopeful for, for, for the legacy because I know I'm just getting started, right? Like it's, it's now, and I'm so looking forward to 2022 you know, in, in terms of, you know, the trajectory of what I see as emerging trends and kind of following those and hopefully getting in line so we can continue this, you know, uh, push to fill not only the unfilled jobs in cyber, but, you know, get people back to work, meaningful work, so they're fulfilled. And that's really, that's you know, that's beautiful. And that's such a great mission. And I love the passion and drive. And you guys now can see how with circumstances that you didn't have control as in childhood and youth, uh, you can turn your still life around and learn about from them and then find your passion by putting yourself out there. More you experiment, more you test, you're going to learn. And as a result, turn into this amazing power uh, a superpower that Dario, for example, exudes and, and turns into his passion and tremendous impact and great results and obviously great conduit for change, positive change for others. Dario, it was an absolute pleasure to have you with us today on the Legacy Leader Show. Thank you for your time and thank you for sharing your journey and hopefully from this, a lot of you that are watching and listening, not only can we learn, but also tweak and do something so that you can be the phenomenal, impactful influencer and leader that leaves phenomenal legacy behind. Awesome. Thank you, Isabella, for your time. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a good one, everybody. Thank Great you. Great having you. Take care. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.